Do you ever watch something and say, where do I know that actor from? Are you tired of endless scrolling across the infinite streaming platforms? Do you want someone to just tell you in a kind of bossy yet non-judgmental way what you should be watching? Then this podcast is for you. So welcome back for season two of EMDB TV. I bet you didn't know that season one was over. I kind of didn't either. (laughs) I just got... I'm just gonna be honest. I just got really tired. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I launched a lot of content in a very short amount of time, and I just uh, yeah, I just flew too close to the sun, and I needed a little little break. <laughs> so. I mean, having said that, it's not like you did a short run, right? Ooh, and I yeah, fun. when I was thinking about it, it was like, well, you know, a lot of TV shows, it's actually about eight to ten episodes. Yeah. And sometimes. A season that is ten episodes should be eight episodes, and yeah. so you know I'm at I'm at eight, and it's Disney that's, Plus six. Yeah, yeah. do a sixer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not Obi Wan here. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to stretch it out for, and I'm not Bluey where I'm going to have like fifty two episodes of something no. for a season. Um, no, but but yeah, I figured I just kind of ran out of the mental capacity, and mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm going to take a little hiatus, and also I realized that eight episodes is probably good because that's how much time it takes to watch all new content to then talk about again. Oh, it gives you a good rotation. Right. Because otherwise it's like, well, yeah, every episode is just going to be me talking about Better Call Saul. Yeah. And how I, like, really hate Westworld. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, TV doesn't have to piss me off. No. It chooses to. Some TV doesn't have to exist either. Westworld chose violence. They chose violence, yeah. Okay. (laughs) They chose the black hat. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that, like, got through eight episodes of content and tried a lot of different formats and stuff. And Mm -hmm. pilot season, learned a lot. Yeah. And and so going to try some different stuff this season, too. So, What's your takeaway from your pilot season? Yeah, I think uh, I really liked having conversations about what people would recommend mm-hmm. to me because it kind of expanded stuff that I hadn't thought about watching before. Yeah. So kind of could get kind of stuck in my own loop of like, oh, okay, I'm just going to watch these shows or go back to this show. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I watched things that I had been meaning to watch, but I just hadn't gotten around to. And then I think I learned a lot more about the friends who I interviewed for season mm-hmm. one because when I thought about it, it was like, I don't really talk to people regularly in depth about television. But I think since starting the podcast and since people are more aware that this is something that I'm like completely in, like mm-hmm. I watch a lot of TV, that I have had more conversations about TV too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I always kind of said one of the things I liked about being a food scientist was everybody eats. Mm. So it's relevant and you can always find something in common to discuss like in that realm. And I think that's what television does. It's like Mm -hmm. a great equalizer in that way that it's pretty accessible to watch content now. So I think that it's, it's a cliche thing to connect through, but it then gives you that place for your Slack memes that you can throw around. And, and so I think that's why like, it's, it's fun to dive into and it's fun to expand your horizons and then make broader connections Mm -hmm. through, through this, you know, essentially like an art form, right. That, That we're consuming. 
So it's, you know, I said today, like, I, I know I minimize it when I say like, oh, I talk about TV and it's not like that's really contributing to society or anything. <laughs> um, but I think there's definitely a place like in our lives for TV and that's true for a lot of other people too. So it is this yeah. great source of like connection that you can form. Yeah. I remember meeting somebody through a mutual friend like at their bridal shower. And we started talking because they were saying that, you know, in it seems like in corporate America anyways, it's changed from generations ago or decades ago where it was sort of like deals were made on the golf course, mm -hmm. right? Where it's sort of that mentality of like, oh, well, if you don't know about sports or you don't play golf, then you're not going to be having the right conversations with the right people. Or you're not gonna mm -hmm. be able to connect with people. And she was saying that she felt like television was something where she didn't necessarily like watching all of these things and wasn't super into it herself, but that if she could understand at least what was kind of going on culturally, that oh, that was wow. a way to be able to connect. Yes. And that also by doing that, you would find content that you liked and you would develop a taste for it and an understanding of yeah. more TV that way. And so it is, it's kind of like, it is that great equalizer where you know, unless it's like, yeah, I don't have a Peacock account or I don't, right. <laughs> I don't have AMC plus, And so I can't watch those shows. Yep. But for the most part though, like everybody does have access to like any content. And so it's like, there's something to talk about. And I think that what was interesting and in when I was talking to my friends about TV is seeing the reception of it mm -hmm. and why they like certain things. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and I think because I didn't talk about TV a lot with other people either. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like, I mean, you, everybody watches TV pretty much, yeah. you know, to a certain extent, but not really knowing like, oh, what kind of shows do they like to watch? And, and then thinking more about like, well, what do I like to watch and mm -hmm. why do I like to watch it? So, so yeah, I think season one was super interesting just because it was like a more like an excuse to yeah. have very focused discussions. And, uh, and you know, like I, I think I've said on earlier one, earlier podcast episodes where it's like, yeah, millennials hate talking on the phone unless it's recorded and it's a podcast. And, and so <laughs> it was also an excuse to like have nice conversations oh. with friends who I hadn't talked to for a while. And what you just said, I'm like, that's where, yes, I'm a millennial. Cause that's where I yeah. have one foot in that lane to where that totally resonates right. with me. Like I don't want to talk on the phone. Yeah. But this is good. <laughs> but this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I want to listen to this for hours, yeah. like during the week and consume all of these other stories, like in this way. So it's very strange, <laughs> but like who has the audacity to call my phone? I right. had to call you today because I was locked in the hallway. Right. So. Yeah. And it was a good thing that I picked up my phone. Oh, thanks for answering. <laughs> See, I always answer because you could be locked out or kidnapped and or just a butt dial. It's like, yeah, but the chances, I mean, the stakes are high if it's not a butt dial. So, yeah. Well, yeah. especially because you were coming to my house and you were in my apartment <laughs> I was, and I was, I was not here yet. <laughs> yeah. So if I hadn't shown up, I think you would kind of be like, well, you told me you were just dropping the compost. <laughs> yeah. And then... If, if I hadn't answered your call and I thought maybe you were getting kidnapped, then like kidnappers probably still in the apartment, right? Yeah. It's like a detective show where it's like the coffee's still warm. Yeah. She hasn't been gone for long. <laughs> yeah. You're getting yeah. all of the clues yeah, in real time. Yeah. Um, but Love. instead, luckily, I just I had my phone on me. So yeah. Yeah. You just thought about your life in the form of like format of a TV show. <laughs> 
Thank God. Isn't that, that's how I perceive everything. So. Yeah. I'm kind of like Abed from Community in that uh, way. Yeah. Community. Yeah. All right. So to kick off season two, it's a good time to catch up on all the things that we've been watching since season one. Mm-hmm. And I think also talk a little bit more about like why why we talk so much about TV together. And I feel like we have known each other for a very long time at this point mm. since, what is it? We're going on 14, 14? years. Wow. We just had 14 because we met like in the summer, in the summer. Right? like in May. Right. right. Wow. What? <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Go us. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. What, what a beautiful relationship we've shared. Yes, 14, 14 seasons years. together. 14 seasons. <laughs> to be fair, we did take some breaks, obviously. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not a solid 14, but it's filled with high quality. Mm-hmm. We have both been like uh, guest stars and recurring characters and now yep. season regulars in each other's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good journey for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think when we, when we first met, we were interning the same company, mm-hmm. right? You were in grad school at that time. And I think I was still an undergrad. Yep. And I can't recall if we actually watched a lot of TV together then, but we certainly watched a lot of TV together when we were both working there full time. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to kind of think back and I'm like, what was on TV in 2008? And I just couldn't find like an anchor point. The one thing I remember watching that summer was the Summer Olympics. And I remember you and I sitting in a conference room and we watched... Was it a we were fencing? watching badminton or something. Oh, fencing, but yes. There was a fencing, fencing, and there was, like, a controversy. Yes. Controversy. <laughs> yes. That happened with, like, a, a South Korean um, fencer yes. who would not, like, leave the stage so yep. the medals could be, or something, like, ridiculous. It was because, like, once she left... Once she left the platform, she then basically conceded. Yes, exactly. And she wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So it was this crazy thing. But we were watching on screen in a conference Mm -hmm. room at headquarters. And so that's what I remember from that summer is that was the Summer Olympics from Beijing. And it was this very monumental thing that we shared. I don't don't remember anything about what I worked on that summer. But I definitely (laughs) remember. I ate so much hamburger helper. I gained so much weight yep. <laughs> here. <laughs> yep. The, what I packed at the beginning of the summer, I was like barely yeah. in at the end of the summer. So I think it's really solidified that that joint experience of watching something live <laughs> together and reacting yeah. to something live together. And then because we were in the Midwest and it was so freaking cold in the winter, it was mm-hmm. like not really going to go outside. So I think we just ended up watching a lot of TV inside too. Yeah. Well, I think you had an amazingly comfortable house. Yes. <laughs> and so it's cozy in there. Mm-hmm. Outside is terrible. Yeah. And, you know, I knew I could drive to your place and... Yeah. My car would be fine there all day. I could crash if I needed to. And it was always this fun thing of, you know, are we going to order takeout? Are we going to cook food? What do we want to watch? We'd open a bottle of wine, yeah. you know, or make cocktails. For our like, listeners, we are not in a romantic relationship. No. We were not in a romantic relationship at this time. This in is how amazing yes. our friendship right? <laughs> <laughs> so... So, yeah, I mean, I think we just had this very, like, 
chill lifestyle that involved TV and yeah. there was a lot of great stuff happening when we were when we overlapped like full time, you know, 2011 to like 2013 mm -hmm. or whatever. Um it was a hot couple of years for TV. It was, you know, that's where Game of Thrones was oh, like yeah. big. That's where, you know, we watched True Blood. True Blood. Um Twilight had somewhat come out yeah. like um, so you know I think there was just there was a lot of good stuff coming out because we were starting that era of like streaming mm -hmm. you know production TV or prestige TV whatever they yeah. call it um, and so that gave us good stuff oh weeds I mean we watched oh, the that's entire right. run of weeds like <laughs> in our friendship so you know we that it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, I have always been a homebody. Mm -hmm. And so I always just want to hang out Yeah, and chill. And TV is the perfect activity yeah. to have on in the background and then to be actively watching and discussing. And so this is just a continuation of that, I guess. This is just this on whatever, uh, not tape, but yeah. whatever this is. You know, I will give us a little bit of credit because we did also do friend hangs that were not TV centric. That's true. Yes. We did, you know, <laughs> Friendsgiving, Easter, Feaster. Yes. We had amazing mahjong. Like, mm -hmm. I loved the time I got yeah. playing mahjong with um that amazing group of women so yes. you know there was there was really good uh well-rounded activities all the stuff we did on the chain of lakes paddleboarding uh, and kayaking that was a nice stage of life wasn't it there was there yeah. was some really chill stuff in there yeah hmm. um, and we were both figuring out work for the first time too yeah starting our careers young adults yeah yes. so that was just like a cool phase mm -hmm. of life to have overlap yeah um, for and now we're just wizened and old and reflecting upon it. Yeah. On podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before I met you, Lori, yeah. 14 years ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> what was, what was TV like for you growing up? So I definitely remember watching TV growing up. I certainly don't remember watching as much as I currently do. <laughs> But I think also if we look back at that time, there was not as much as available no. on, you know, readily available formats and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember like, I mean, deeply ingrained Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, mm -hmm. like episodes from my early childhood that were reinforced because I have two younger brothers and we're all four to five years apart. Mm. So it was like, I watched it when I was young and then, you know, four years later, I started watching it with my brother and then another five years later, we started watching it again. Wow. So you just watched Mr. Rogers lot like of, 14 years A lot of Elmo yeah. continuation, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Um, Fraggle Rock oh, was Fraggle Rock. huge. Yes. Um, my dad's always been big a big fan of HBO okay. and so I think that's why Fraggle Rock was just kind of so early on but um was that on HBO I think so oh. yeah it is now yeah it they... is now because I think it was like Fraggle Rock and like the Muppets yes it anything maybe it was PBS at the time hmm. yeah 
I definitely remember a lot of Fraggle Rock, though. Yeah. I always like those little plastic... I guess I'm like, did HBO Plastic crystal things that they would build stuff Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they would eat them. Yeah. Maybe the that's why I like playing with my them. kids' magna tiles so much. Because <laughs> it actually reminds me of that now that I'm thinking about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, anyways, I definitely remember that. And then... Um, there, you know, are just other periods of my life that I think are heavily marked by like what TV was going on at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember when Grey's Anatomy and like Desperate Housewives first started on like Sunday nights and watching that in the sorority house, Mm -hmm. like when I was in college and then during like a breakup, that's when I watched Dexter and like (laughs) got into that for like the first time. Um, so it's just really interesting to see how, like, depending on where you are in life at that time, like that impacts the TV that you remember from that time as well. Yeah. So I think how you are able to get that content Mm -hmm. is also like signifies the stage in life, right? Because it kind of evolves as technology has evolved Mm -hmm. because, you know, when you're growing up, you just watch what is on the TV at the time. Yeah. And so it becomes a lot more about like the schedule. Mm-hmm. Where it's like Saturday morning cartoons, you know, Thursday night primetime TV, yes. Sunday night primetime TV. Oh, TGIF. TGIF, yeah. right? And so I think like the programming became, was a lot more about the day of the week and it mm-hmm. was a lot more of a shared experience because everybody's watching it at yep. the same time, which I mean is why the platforms that are still doing that seem to be more successful where mm-hmm. they build up hype from one show to the next, like from week to week because yep. you need to have people talking about it. Like, you have to have the water cooler talk. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, it goes back to, like, water cooler talk because most people are watching it. It's yeah. something that is relatable to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I recall watching, like, Nick at Night yeah. when I was a little kid. And, like, in the summer, I would stay up, like, all night just Keenan watching it. Kel. Yeah, Keenan mm-hmm. and Kel. I watched a lot of Gilligan's Island one summer. Oh, man, man. Yeah. yeah. I watched some old like older TV. Yeah. Too. I used to watch, um, the, I dream of genie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Man. And definitely Gilligan's Island. Bewitched. As well. Bewitched. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I have watched every episode of Gilligan's Island. Maybe. Whoa. Yeah. But I've only watched it once though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not like, I, Oh, I could really tell you what happens on any one of them. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's somewhere in my brain. And then, and then I think like when it became where you could watch things online, but it was still not readily available and it was more like pirated things. Too, oh yeah. Like you know? where you get like 50 million pop-up ads yeah. and you could enlarge it. You could only watch it in like a three by right. four screen. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember doing that when I was uh, like the summer after or the fall after we met mm-hmm. because I was studying abroad in Asia and there was no TV. Yeah. And or it was not like now where it's like Netflix and all of these other platforms. And so I was watching like Freaks and Geeks in mm-hmm. like five minute increments, pirated things on YouTube, I think. And that was the first that was wow. the first time that I watched Freaks and Geeks. That was how I watched it. Wow. And so it's yeah. just like that experience of that. I wanted to watch it badly enough mm-hmm. that I would sit through that. Yeah. And now when I'm like, oh, my God, why does this one not have an ad blocker on it? How much more do I need to pay you a month so that I don't have to sit through ads? Yes. It's like it's it's different. The experience is completely different. There's nothing to take you out of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe we were just more tolerant of those things, too, because <laughs> there was I nothing think, else. Yeah, there was nothing else. But also, like, 
if you really liked it and you really wanted to consume that content, you, you, you took what it. you yeah. got, you yeah. know, and yeah. you, and, <laughs> you, and yeah. you didn't complain about yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can be picky if you want, or you can just mass consume Yeah, that you have a lot of options. So to me, like if people are watching things and they're complaining about them, I'm like, well, don't keep watching it. <laughs> you have so many options out there. I'm not going to tell you oh, what you man. should watch. I'm going to tell you what I enjoy, but there's a ton of content. So yeah. if you start it and you don't like it, yeah. You do you. You continuing to watch it, that's on you, man. <laughs> yeah, like you make decisions. Uh, that being said, I think that's why I'm just like, I just have such a love-hate relationship with Westworld Ugh. because I feel like I have to watch it. But then now I feel like, I, no, I don't need to watch it anymore. Yeah. Like if season, if they came back with a season five of that show, I really don't know if I would watch it. You know what this is the result of is this is what happens with prolonged mediocrity. Mm. <laughs> and so if that's what we, like really, I think we have to be super clear that if season two was on track at all, it was for maybe one or two episodes. Yeah. And since then... Yeah. We've been in a depression. It's like... uh, They haven't been able to carve the way out. And because it's been prolonged for so long, you've lost engagement. Yep. It's... I can't keep remembering how good season one was when we're this far away from it and you haven't been able to get back to that level yet. Yes. So it makes it so much easier to disengage and walk away and say, you pissed me off. (laughs) Not today, Westworld. Not today. Yeah, I think uh, if you haven't watched that show yet, then you should feel good if you make it through the first season and then the first half maybe of the second season. And then you shouldn't feel bad if you just stop. Yeah. Don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Mm-mm. That's fine. Yeah. And and go into Westworld knowing yeah. that like you are going to leave that world unfinished. But it's going to be glorious. No answers. <laughs> you're not going to figure anything out. Yeah. But you're going to enjoy the heck out of it for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. If, you keep, if you keep going, then it's it's a like law of diminishing returns. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. you don't enjoy it as much. I mean, I think they're supposed to come back for a season 5. I don't think that they I mean, wrote season four as if it was the, the final, but it, it should be. I mean, just it, like, it needs to be. what do I even want there's to see left. out of that? There's nothing yeah. left to get out of there. Yeah. Like, we're already back in the desert. I don't... That is just really, you know, I think a little infuriating because you have that cast. I know. <laughs> and you're wasting, wasting them. Yeah. Such a waste. Ugh. I mean... Yeah. Free them up for other projects. Yeah. <laughs> These performance reviews are not going to go well. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, TV has definitely, the quality of TV has definitely changed where you can be so picky, mm-hmm. you know, and because there's just so much out there that, yeah, if you don't like it, just stop watching it and watch yeah. something else. Yeah. Don't feel like, but there are some things though, and this is probably a topic for a whole other discussion of shows that you really need to get past. Mm. the first few episodes because then it really takes off 
Because I've had that experience too. That's, I just cannot get into a show. But see, you can't compare because that's the opposite situation of Westworld yeah. has been declining consistently. Right. Those shows, they they might not they take decline, a little while to ramp up. They just take yes. a while to ramp up. Yeah. But yeah, so to me, I'm like, that's a different situation. And I get that. And yeah. if you tell me there's a payoff coming. Stick with it. Yeah. Because I think <laughs> Westworlds don't stick with it. Just stop. <laughs> that's what we're saying yeah. with Westworld. Yeah. We're like, come in for, you know, you're here for a short time, like yeah. in a good time. Man, which is even more impressive, though, to think about those shows that are like super long standing. Yeah. And I feel like there was a lot of shows that when we were first first became friends, a lot of those long-standing shows were kind of like in the like fourth or fifth seasons of those mm-hmm. shows, and and I think that like a lot of them are still running today. Yeah. So it just shows that it's like the cultural sticking power of some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there is like so much more content now. Yeah. And so in so many different kinds of genres than there were before. Because before I think it was mostly a lot of like. Um, sitcoms dramedies mm-hmm. that was pretty much what was on prime time anyways yeah yeah and now it's like there is not really anything that is pri- like there could be something on sci-fi that comes out on mm-hmm. you know apple tv on a thursday night or whatever and so it's i think maybe people's tastes have also expanded because there's just so much more stuff out there to watch too yeah i think that's really fair i think i think that's the cool thing about it being an equalizer, right, is like discovering that somebody that you feel like you probably don't really identify with loves, like, loves the same show you yeah. love. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like if it's a comedy, you're like, oh, I didn't think they identified with mm-hmm. this like comedic style or whatever. Um, and then if it's like a drama, it's like, oh, wow, I, you know, didn't know they would think that show was like such a treat or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also the really cool thing because it does help you learn, you know, something about people when you're talking about it. Yeah. And I think I I will say too, that I think, uh, how well, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. it's like, and and I think their, their TV taste, it's, it's like being able to recommend something. It's like, Oh, you know what? Okay. If this is what you like, then it's kind of, it's like giving somebody a gift. Yeah. You know, where it's like, Oh, I thought of you. Mm-hmm. And I thought of what you like and what you don't like. And then I, based off of that, I think this is something else. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And so I, I will say that, like, since our last conversation, mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of the things that you recommended. Yeah. And I think vice versa, too. And yeah. everything that you had recommended, I was like, this is a banger. Yeah. Like, Physical is, like, one of my favorite shows now. I mean. I mean, come on. Physical, yeah. Um, Julia, I love that one. Yeah. Right that, too. Only murders, like oh, had, that was I one mean, that I had not, I had been meaning to watch, but I just mm-hmm. never had the like extra push of like, oh, I should watch this. So yeah, Only Murders is just such a source of joy right now. Yeah, it's like, it's a gem like of a show. <laughs> it's like when when I was watching Shit's Creek as mm-hmm. like it was airing. And what a treat it was to, like, experience yeah. that as it was coming out. And that's what I feel about Only Murders. You know, Shit's Creek, though, I think is one of those shows that took me a little while to ramp up to. Where it was, like, the first few episodes were This a is so bit, fair, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah, so I same. think it was kind of like I gave up on it maybe the first time watching the first two episodes of it. And then 
I think it was probably the third episode where it finally clicks and it's like, oh, wow, okay, this is a really good show. And then I was with them for the next six seasons. Yeah. No, that's really fair. I started it at home um, with my parents and my dad was really enjoying it. And I was kind of like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I actually just put it down and then a few months later, like, went back to it and realized, oh, actually, it's really, really good. (laughs) So, like, speaking of that your, you know, your dad was watching it and that Mm -hmm. you were watching TV with them, like, was that something that you guys would do as a family growing up? Was that a big part of something that you would talk about or do together? I mean... Yeah, I think so. I, although I feel like I remember watching things with my brothers mm. and not like if we were all watching it together, it was like movie night okay. versus I guess, you know, Friday night, like TV was kind of like something we watched together. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think I really remember more movies, but definitely in my adult life, we watch TV a lot together. Mm-hmm. So whenever I go back home, you know, I usually stay for at least a week, sometimes two weeks. Uh, you know, we pick a show to start and we watch a show together, you know, while I'm there. And then, you know, we pepper in movies too and things like that. Um, but yeah, so now it's also like very much a part of like our relationship. So I'm sure my mom will tell me I'm not remembering things from my childhood. <laughs> like, don't you it's, remember every Thursday night? It was a special evening for the family. And she'll be so right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, like I know for like Jurassic Park was huge mm, for me and my mm-hmm. brother. So like we have a lot of those like movie references. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's more of what I remember. Yeah. Sort of movies and yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, that, that speaks to the availability too of like, mm-hmm. what was, what was the TV landscape like? I watched a lot of TV with my family. I watched a lot of TV with my brother and my cousins too, mm-hmm. because we were all pretty close in age. And so we watched a lot of the same thing. So it was like a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, like GI Joe's mm-hmm. and uh, all of the like Nickelodeon cartoons, and then when I was like a tween, it was watching like Nickelodeon Zoo and like Xenon and all of those oh, things, wow. you know. And uh, Power Rangers, Power Rangers. Oh, sorry, yeah. Barney. Like yeah. we watched all of like Arthur, the kids shows, yeah, yeah. together for Wishbone, sure. All of those. Um, and then I would watch a lot of TV, like, after school, mm-hmm. too, because my grandparents would pick me up because they live right next door. Mm-hmm. And so then I would spend the afternoon after school before my parents came home from work just, like, doing arts and crafts stuff and watching TV on this little tiny black and white yeah. <laughs> TV. Yeah. Watching a whole lot of Arthur. Watching Arthur probably when I was too old to be watching Arthur. Mm-hmm. And then watching a lot of, like, we had HBO, and so it was very much, like, Thursday night, Sunday yep. nights. Uh, so too old to be watching Arthur, but too young to be watching like The Sopranos and mm-hmm. Sex in the City, but watched all of those shows like with my parents, um, you know, uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> Did you, I'm sorry, you just said you watched The Sopranos and Sex in the City with your parents? Yeah. Wow. Definitely Sex in the City, I recall, but I, I think Sopranos too, because that would have so been So I love this time. actually, because I've always thought it was great that my dad is the one that told me I should watch Sex in mm. the City. Uh-huh. And 
we, you know, got HBO and I got HBO in my bedroom. So I did watch Sex in yeah. the City. And I think that's one of the most educational things my dad could have done. <laughs> so I kind of love that your parents like sanctioned it to the point where they're like, and we'll watch with you. Yeah, like... I mean, I don't recall actually having any sort of limitations of stuff to watch. And mm -hmm. obviously it was a lot more harmless back then too, because it's not like you could be scouring the internet or dark web for things that are super age inappropriate. Yeah. You know, so it was like you were kind of, it was kind of censored or filtered. Yeah. To what was available, what was going to be the most extreme extent. It was probably Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, there wasn't really any limitations about what to watch. And I remember watching like Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons mm. and all of those kinds of cartoons and you know, my, my dad specifically would be like, I don't understand why you, why you guys watch that or why you think it's funny. And, but then we would watch an episode of it and he'd be the one laughing the most. Yeah. So, yeah. So I definitely remember like it was, it was very much part of the week, weekly routine too of, you know, you get back after sports practice at mm -hmm. school and you're having dinner and you're watching TV and you, and you do homework and you can go to bed or whatever. But that was, I think it was just like TV was always sort of on in the background if I was doing yeah. something. Um, we have always had like a TV of some sort in like almost every room, <laughs> I feel like. I had a 13 inch yeah. TV VCR mm. in my bedroom growing up. Yeah, I had like so. a 10 inch, just a TV mm. that had the bunny ears yep. in my bedroom had that I then took with me to college. And oh, then wow. that's what I had in my room in college too. Yeah. And so I would watch it from a kind of like a weird angle too, uh -huh. you know, I just be kind of sitting at a desk and it'd be on. It's like looking at a picture frame of something, basically. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I had the TV. I think my roommate always had a TV in mm. college when I was in the dorms until I moved in. Um, We're aging ourselves now because it's oh like it's so different gosh. now. Where I doubt that anybody really has TVs because they just watch they stuff just on watch, their computers. Yeah, on their computers. Yeah. Kids these days oh man they've got it all figured out <laughs> yeah we used to lug around this big box yeah of TV. and then instead you just have space for like a full-size apartment fridge yeah instead of taking up this gigantic crt tv oh man i would fall down a rabbit hole watching like dorm room design tv <laughs> shows <laughs> Uh, oh man, and think about it like Pinterest. Having yeah. Pinterest now, all the things, all the cool ideas that you can get to do stuff. Yep. Yeah. And just move back into a dorm room. Just move into a tiny ass apartment and give yourself a lofted oh, bed. Oh man. You'll feel like you're back in college. Yeah. Uh, I did but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think also, you know, we talk about accessibility of being able to just like watch any content mm -hmm. anytime that you want. And I think that some of the most memorable times in my life are also when I don't have Wi-Fi connection mm -hmm. because I think it speaks so strongly to my addiction to television where I have always found a way to consume television still. Yeah. Where whether it's, you know, oh, I have a DVD collection yep. of these things that I have accumulated and that I'm never going to give away because... In case there is a Wi-Fi outage or like when I move into a new place and I, I have don't have internet. All the Harry Potter movies right. I like watching. Yeah. The box set of Twilight movies that you gave me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. That, so, is, that is an emergency kit yeah. must have. It is. <laughs> it's like drinking water, uh, flashlight. Oh and box set of Twilight DVDs you know what, you know what <laughs> this is reminding me of is Station Eleven, though, oh, because it's yep. so true how this stuff, like, does become, yep. like, currency all of a sudden mm -hmm. when you have technology limitations, 
and people have already phased out like the old stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So you asked what I was watching uh, recently. I actually did a Station Eleven rewatch mm. um, and enjoyed it just as much the second time around. Yeah. So yeah, that show was always like, I hope nothing super terrible happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, had this, I had this deep feeling of dread the entire time I watched that show, but it was like you know, no spoilers or anything like that, but it was, it was, uh, it felt like it gave me the same kind of feelings at first of watching something Black mirror mm-hmm. but then it was like, oh no, okay, this is just, this is a completely different uh, view of things, <laughs> of how things could play out. Yeah, except I think in some cases that like made me feel better, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll see, it could have gone, could be worse, mm-hmm. like we can get through this. Um, but the timing of it with the pandemic was just really, I think, tough. So I, uh, I think going back to it now at like this point in things did, did allow me to see a little bit more. Um, but, but yeah, it's, uh, and to me, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is that part still coming? Like, <laughs> is that shoe going to drop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it does, it, the, the scales, I think, flip a lot in, in how you can feel about that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So you've been watching Station Eleven. Mm-hmm. I think you've been watching Fringe, or you had started Fringe. I had started Fringe, yeah. I'm in season two of Fringe. I have kind of taken a break. Um, for some reason, somehow in HBO Max, I also clicked on like the Great Pottery Throwdown. Oh, that show is excellent. And so don't blame me. And I hadn't gotten into that yeah. yet, so started in season one, and then it was like every time I opened HBO, that it's was there. like the first thing, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep, more pottery. Yep. Sounds good, please." Um, so, so yeah, I've been watching that. Um, I also recently discovered Making the Cut, which mm. I had watched like in season one, and then I think kind of walked away from. Yeah. But season four is now starting, and so I started to see that pop up and um, binge the first few episodes of that. So that's uh, really cool. I've always loved, um, you know, Project Runway, all those shows that involve sewing and construction of garments. Um, I think all of that's fascinating. I can sew a big square, so (laughs) that's cool for me. curtains and pillows that's where we <laughs> limit it to You're like and I cannot be time constrained <laughs> yeah exactly um I will need three years to complete a project <laughs> so um anyways I think some other shows that I really enjoyed were The Offer it is on Paramount Plus which was a whole thing um but an amazing cast uh Juno Temple from From Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yes. Uh, Plays an amazing, you know, woman. Uh, Really fantastic story behind how The Godfather got made. Mm. Um, And just really enjoyed it. And then actually for the first time wanted to watch The Godfather. I was going to ask, I was like, have you watched all of The Godfather And Because I I think I have looked, like, maybe the first 20 minutes, and I was like, this is not for me, Uh and, like, didn't go back. (laughs) And now it's only available on Paramount+, and I only did the free trial. Wow. And so I didn't get to finish the first Godfather or or do the second one. Sneaky Paramount+. Plus. So, yeah. Just give you the taste. They're going to – they might suck me in for another (laughs) month uh, just to finish that off. But 
Um, Lock and Key also came out with the third and final season. So I think it's really interesting when a story ends Mm -hmm. and ends well. Is Lock and Key based in the X-Men? No, what... It's a graphic novel, okay. but I think it's like a standalone. standalone. Okay. Yeah. And so this was the third and final season, and I thought it did a really good job. Um, I thought the series actually was really fantastic all the way through. What is it about? Um, it's about a family that has always had this house that has magic keys. Okay. So they, you know, and when you're a certain age, you can hear the keys and then each key that you find. And then there's a dark side of the keys Mm. and how the keys are made. And it's just a really fantastic sci-fi story with another great cast. Um, A tough, I mean, it's a tough story. People die. Mm -hmm. There are casualties. Um, But yeah, and it's. It's just really cool. I think we don't, we also, I think, start a lot of shows expecting that we're going to get 10, six seasons out of it. And so I think it's also really cool to look at a show that said, we know this is going to be three and this is how we're going to plan it out and kind of execute in a really, I think, excellent way. Like a very mindful way, like from one episode to the next, because they know where it's going to end and when it's going to end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's always, with Better Call Saul, for instance, Mm -hmm. you know, like that just finished the series finale, and that was after six seasons. Yeah. And there was a lot of, like, criticism, I think, of like, oh, well, why did it get canceled, or why didn't, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they just only wanted to do six seasons of Mm -hmm. it. And I get it, because it's like, it would be very hard, it would, it's exactly at that point when it starts to feel like you could be just stretching for content. You know, and that you're actually, it's the law of diminishing returns. (laughs) And so exactly, it's like if you go out on your own terms, then I think that you can write a much more satisfying ending Mm -hmm. than if it's just like, oh, well, maybe there's going to be a season five of Westworld. Look, more (laughs) is not always more, right? I mean, I think that's why, like, I am enjoying shows now that, you know, like House of the Dragon, mm, where mm-hmm. it's like a return to a world, but a completely, a completely different mm-hmm. part of the timeline, a completely different story. Um, because I don't need to go back to the, I, we did a pretty good job of covering that time period. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, a little ouchy over how it all ended. <laughs> so I'm fine to leave that there. Yeah. Um, and, and say, let's see what you can do on your second try. What did you learn from the first try? And I think it started really positively so far. Yeah. I think that that's what concerns me about the spinoff shows that isn't there supposed to be like a Jon Snow show. I think there's so. been a lot of projects that have been like started and canceled and like yeah. all this stuff. So I don't know, even know what's going to be actually released, but it is. It's just kind of like we saw him from the time that he was like just becoming a Night's Watch. Yeah. And he was basically like a child to yep. like the end. Uh-huh. So I don't think we need another show about that. Because then what is that part of his life going to be? It's going to be before we saw him on Game of yeah. Thrones? Or it's going to be after we see him on Game of Thrones? Because mm-hmm. there's not that, not that much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. 
So we'll I, see. I think, yeah. But um, what have you been watching recently? So like I said, I was just watching Physical. So I finished yes. season two of that. Um, and that was, that's something that I like, I think of frequently. Mm-hmm. And I think watching that show too, it was just like, what other shows where the lead actress has to not only give a very nuanced physical performance, but also then has to do the performance as the voiceover. Yeah. And so I just kind of wonder, and I haven't looked up if there's any interviews with Rose Byrne about it or anything, Mm -hmm. but I would love to know what that process was like of when you're acting on a scene, you must already, you know the dialogue that you have to say for that scene as a voiceover because it's your inner monologue. So you have to know that as your motivation, as your character. But then as an actress showing up in that scene, you have to not be saying any of that out loud. So you're playing like two different people at the same time. You're playing the internal monologue and the, you know, all the self-criticism and negativity. And then you're playing the outward performance of just like a slightly uptight, uh, frigid housewife. (laughs) So it's, definitely a layered performance and I think it's also like an amazingly real experience Absolutely. because of that because yeah. that's what living is like mm-hmm. right like you're living it and experiencing things physically and then you have a mental like dialogue going on the entire time mm-hmm. where you're saying things out here and inside you're screaming curse words yeah. you're you know doing whatever it's so to me that's also the magic of it is we're really capturing the real experience yeah. of what it's like to be a woman it's like a it's like stream of consciousness yeah but coherent for somebody else watching it and so yeah so I love that show and I love the format of that show and I also like how within the second season that like that inner monologue and Mm -hmm. that inner negativity is very representative of like okay well when you don't when you don't have those thoughts as much that voice is not as loud yeah and so watching the show and how it's filmed where there are scenes then where Rose Byrne has no dialogue yeah and she's just in the scene as she is seen. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was also interesting to see, like, the evolution of a character where, okay, we no longer have that other character. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And I love that as an audience member, you recognize it. And then I think that makes you more invested in this person's, yeah. like, emotional development and feeling how far they've come, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really it's it's really well done yeah so I think that's probably my favorite of the shows that I've been watching recently Mm -hmm. and then I was watching you know Better Call Saul from Mm -hmm. the final series uh final season and that was excellent uh and Westworld season four which was not excellent Mm -hmm. and did you finish it I did okay wow congratulations thank thank you it was was, was hard work but I persisted (laughs) yeah uh yeah it was just so aggravating it's like one of those things where you just find your yourself shaking your hand shaking your fist at the screen yeah screw you Westworld for 
But you know what? Shame on me. I was going to say. Shame on me at for a going back point. to the well. At a certain point. I should have just stopped. You start to like look at yourself and be like, what about this made me think it was going to get Nobody better? Nobody is forcing me to watch like, this. So, why did I so, hang yeah, in there? It's not like the rings of power pop up in my mm. Amazon app that's forcing me to watch it. When so. I went to get my Imperfect order, the somebody has an Amazon. It's branded. Oh the mailers God. are branded with rings. <laughs> of power look i'm not gonna lie to you it's that good but like <laughs> it's i didn't it, i don't think amazon needed to market it this right. much to tell me it's that good right. i mean couldn't they just say that it's like hey this is the lord of the rings related series it's literally that's, called the lord of the rings yeah the rings of power that's enough yeah that's enough it's so. like the wizarding world of harry potter like they include yeah. the full thing in the title plus the yeah. actual movie title. okay so with that show let's talk about that show really briefly though because i have not i have not started watching rings of power yet because in full honesty i am not a huge fan mm -hmm. or active in the lord of the rings world it also literally just dropped right so yeah. like yeah it hasn't been available for more than like a I haven't been day sleeping or two. on it for too long. Right. Yeah. Like you're not like super <laughs> yeah, behind, yeah, yeah. right? But yeah. like if so that being said then, that I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Mm -hmm. Is this something that would still be enjoyable? Or would I need to know all of the lore of the Lord of the Rings to understand it? I think this would be a really interesting experiment, honestly, because it's such a hard question for me to answer because I am so familiar with the Lord of the Rings mm. stories and lore mm -hmm. that I am not sure what you need to know and what you like. I can't mm. separate because I just know a ton. Right. Um, this is like you not watching Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. So you have the option of watching them in either order, really. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think like if with the fact that you enjoy things like why am i blanking on this show house of the dragon mm -hmm. and um game of thrones then i think that does prime you because okay. this is kind of this is that genre except this is the dad of that genre okay. this is <laughs> I mean, this is the biggest budget TV streaming show ever, ever. made, right? <laughs> and it looks like it looks it. good. I okay. mean, it's two episodes are out, and I'm just like, it's the most beautiful okay. thing. Um, the costume design, gorgeous, which House of the Dragon is doing a fantastic mm -hmm. job as well. Um, but just, just visually beautiful. Um, and then that sweeping story. And I just have a lot more confidence in this story because it has been written. It has been around. Okay. They're definitely taking some liberties with things that didn't really, you know, exist or were only given a short amount of space on the page and mm -hmm. making it. Um, but it's all going really, really well. Okay. So, so I like, in my mind, it's like, I think it's amazing. I think I can see how it wouldn't resonate with people as well. Or you would maybe feel lost, not understanding some of the lore. I think you, you, it does help if you've at least watched the Lord of the Rings movies mm -hmm. once, okay. like, and have some vague memories yes. because they do tie in to some really solid like anchor points okay um but i think if you hadn't done that 
I think it could still be very compelling on okay. its own. I'll have to check it out. And maybe it will inspire me to rewatch The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, that that's a set of DVDs that I have. Ah, there we go. Is the extended edition <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Uh, so not only do you have four-hour movies, but then you can just watch 16 hours of documentary Ooh, on man. how they made those movies. Wow. Which it was a really fantastic, you know, idea to film all three back-to-back, utilizing all of the same kind of locations yeah. in New Zealand. And the continuity is really amazing. Um, and there's, you know, I think some people are kind of starting to talk about, like, the fact when... A lot of that is like real, like they're in a physical place. Right. It's not CGI. Yeah, versus, mm-hmm. um, you know, this whole CGI like volume thing or whatever right. where they're not really real. They're just in a big warehouse anywhere. and it's all green screen. Yeah, this and they have like, me. you know, three little cobblestones that yeah. are like standing yeah. on. This is reminding me of uh, a meme that I saw the other day that was the, uh, a screenshot from the Teletubbies production. Mm-hmm. And it was a Teletubby standing on set talking to like a producer with a headset on, but it's like an actual like rolling green pasture. So it's like they're on, it's oh, a wow. production location. It's yeah. not like they're in a set. It's yeah. they're somewhere. Wow. And it was because the meme was, can you imagine driving down some rural highway and you see that shit going on like in the hills? Like how terrifying that's got to be? Because the Teletubby is huge. Also. I mean, can you imagine being the Teletubby? Like, no. <laughs> like being in this situation? Like, yes, drive me out to this beautiful pasture where I will put on oh, a ridiculous oh. contraption and then like just bounce the, around. Just the commitment. Just the commitment to the craft, you know? <laughs> that that was they knew that that was the content that kids craved. How much so do they you think it. a Teletubby actor, actress? made probably significantly less than somebody from like say the wiggles yeah well because well yeah because they didn't have to be the ones touring although you have to assume there were a few wiggles cast that toured probably i would think so yeah but i don't know do they have like names they are yes they do have yes maybe they're actual actual people people, but i think maybe maybe they have like like an extended cast oh because otherwise that's gonna be i mean you gotta be it's able a to hustle have, for you know, sure. It's quite the hustle. Like I'm, I think those people make good money. They, I think yeah. they, they sell out. Yeah, stadiums. The amphitheaters. And shit. <laughs> yeah, the Wiggles live. Oh my god, what a trip. Yeah. Um, can you imagine Teletubbies live? Oh. Whoa. Look, I'm just saying, I'm not a parent yet. <laughs> I, it's too late for me to do Teletubbies live if it happens. Like, <laughs> that would be a different experience. It would be like in. Uh, uh, what is it? Knocked up when Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd's character go to Vegas and they mm-hmm. go to Cirque du Soleil on shrooms. Oh my god! And there's like the giant baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. I would never want to see Teletubbies live, that... sober or on anything. Yeah, I know that sounds terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Shut it down. Yeah, I don't know how we got here in this conversation, but I don't know uh, either. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about production value and not doing CGI. Oh, and some yes. things are still shot on location. <laughs> and maybe that's why Fraggle Rock is so great still. Mm. and why Star Wars is still pretty much superior to MCU when it comes to like world building because it's that like tactile look of Mm -hmm. things. It's very immersive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gone to the MCU. We might have talked about this last time. Isn't there like a Marvel or like an Avengers world? 
They're like part of the park. Yes, there yeah. is. Because the, they took over like the Tower of Terror and mm. now it's uh, the Avengers like tower that's themed. Um, that might be like the only thing. But this is, I don't know what there is in Disney World. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, I guess like Marvel is like for the most part, it's just set in our, our world. It's just, a slight, it's just like a reality where superheroes exist. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars is like completely different. <laughs> yes. So. That's why that feels, I think, a lot more like immersive. Yeah. I will say like in that section of the park, they do have like the street performances. Mm. So we were eating outside when there was a um, Wakanda warrior presentation and it was like the female warriors. Okay. And so, you know, they came out and did a whole presentation with the sticks and everything. And so that part was immersive because it's like, whoa, like this is what it's actually like when they're like kind of running drills and mm -hmm. stuff um, like that. So it's just more like kind of immersing you in moments from mm. the Marvel world, which then in of themselves are outside of the realm of what we have in reality right right so it's like if these wakandan uh soldiers were doing their their uh drills at a theme park yeah 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 <laughs> so not fully immersive but partially immersive. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah all right yeah so i don't know how we started talking about that again we were talking about rings of power right? <gasps> yeah, yeah which is actually something you know i started talking about but it's really transitioning into what i'm looking forward to watching mm -hmm because it is just starting. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, obviously there's there's a lot there that I'm very excited about. Um, I also started uh, one episode of The Patient on Hulu, and this has Steve Carell uh, in okay. it, playing a therapist. I've seen the trailers. For yeah, they were pushing it hard, mm -hmm. uh, but this is right in my sweet spot of a true crime psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. People are getting murdered. <laughs> um, so, which, you know, that for some reason works really well when I have high anxiety. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then I also saw Netflix seems to have like a same kind of genre right. out called Echoes. Yeah, what is that? They've been pushing that on me too. Yeah, so all I know is I think I watched the trailer once and I just read the little synopsis and it's kind of like twin sisters who switch lives and then one goes disappear mm. one goes missing mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's like unweaving whatever tangled web surrounded mm. these events right mm -hmm. um and it's got uh matt Bo boner boner boner, boner? <laughs> matt bomer uh-huh i mean he was from magic mike from, so. from white collar right <laughs> I mean, or Magic Mike. Yeah, or Magic <laughs> Mike. Or Magic Mike XL, right? He's in, yeah, he's, he's in, in all, yeah. yeah, all of the above. Um, anyways, so I think that looks really, you know, up my alley. Uh, Did that just start too, or is that like all seasons? It's, the seasons. Dropped? I can't remember. I, I Netflix doesn't okay. usually do episodic. Yeah. So I'm assuming sometimes they do. I guess. They, yeah drop it all usually on their dramas i feel like sometimes it's like episodes weekly yeah on the reality show sometimes that's what that. i feel like they yeah. do it on yeah. that's where honestly i feel like the last season of stranger things they would have benefited from doing weekly, weekly drops yeah up to that big like finale like over july 4th or yeah. whatever yeah. so 
So Echoes on yeah. Netflix. I'll have to check that one out. That one sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the show uh, Orphan Black? Did I watch that? Beginning of like the the description of the of Echoes sounds like the beginning of that show. Anyways. Yeah. Orphan I can't Black. Remember. So that's top of mind too because uh, Tatiana Maslany. Mm -hmm. She's also in She Hulk right now, which is just mm. starting, which just Love, released, yeah. right? She's the the lead, and she is excellent in Orphan Black. She plays like seven or actually she plays m way more than that versions of herself <laughs> of different characters i'm like have sometimes I simultaneously this or not yeah about clones and stuff i don't think i have but i think it was on the list yeah. and i just didn't get to yeah, it that would definitely be a good one yeah i would recommend that that's one a reco for because me. it's like sci-fi mm -hmm. she's a great actress it's kind of like a mystery yeah yeah parallel lives type stuff yeah that's a good one um, what else are you watching or what else are you looking forward to watching? Um, well, you mentioned She-Hulk and I have been watching that and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes for the rest of the season. Um, and then I've kind of been sleeping on Abbott Elementary. Mm. So I saw that that was recently added to HBO Max. I think yeah. I was watching it on like Hulu or peacock and i have ads on both of those oh, this freaking streaming <laughs> so, platforms so seeing it pop up on hbo max i was like oh yay no ads yeah. so i think that will finally get <laughs> That's me what sold it to get me in there past like the first few yeah. episodes yeah so yeah, that show's good i've watched uh i think i've i think i've watched basically all of the first season maybe not the finale of it but yeah yeah i really like that one yeah. So what about you? What are you watching these days oh, man, other than Bluey? There's so much stuff. Always Bluey. Yeah. There's so much stuff. So like, I think what I just, what I finished watching recently that I had been talking about in season one of this podcast anyways, was like Dark Winds. I finished watching that. Mm -hmm. That was excellent. I also am getting caught up now on the second season of Reservation Dogs. Mm, yes. Um, I have been, I am now current and waiting for the finale of what, season four of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sad it's the finale, yeah, though. Yeah, uh, But uh, it's been, been nine bangers of an episode since I feel oh, like this season so far. Man, it's yeah, been so every good. Every episode is hit. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to be sad to see that go, but then I might just start rewatching it from the beginning again. Yeah, I think same. Um, yeah, I've been watching right for season, a season three of Bluey came out. Yes. That's also been fire so far. That's, yeah, that show's just so solid. Yeah. Um, and then I'm looking forward to, you know, a bunch of new seasons of shows are coming up. So Never Have I Ever, season three, mm -hmm. I think is completely released because it's on Netflix. So I it think is. It's, I think it's all been dropped. Yep, because I watched it yeah. all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The White Lotus season two is Very going to be coming out excited. sometime. Yeah, I am excited to watch House of Dragon. Um, sorry, White Lotus season two takes place where? Sicily. Sicily, yes, yeah. yes, okay. So I, I don't think that there's supposed to be any overlap between the cast or storylines of the sh of, from one, one season. One cast member. For Just Jennifer Coolidge, oh, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. But I think everything else is supposed to be different. And, yeah. And I didn't realize this, that like I read an interview with the, the writer of it where I, I didn't realize that it's like there's not a writer's room, it's just one guy. So oh. he has like absolute control over it. I didn't know that at all. Right. And so, you know, the criticism of season one was that it sort of dabbled in these issues of colonialism and mm -hmm. white privilege and capitalism, but it never really got that deep into any of yep. them or explored any of them and, and or really gave any of those characters like meaningful backstories. So the criticism of it was just like, this is just like window dressing, essentially. Yeah. And so 
The interview that I read with the writer of it, though, is that he was basically like recognized that like, yep, not even going to touch that <laughs> anymore. And this is going to be a much more straightforward, uh, like sort of thriller romance triangles type uh, drama. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think he, he's like, I'm going to stay in my my wheelhouse, my lane, basically, of these yeah. much more uh, traditional storylines. So. so tell me this. Was the bellhop the same guy from physical the yes. fitness guy yes. yeah uh vinnie green yes yeah how funny yeah. he's also in looking he's yeah i haven't i've yeah. started but i haven't gotten into looking so yeah yeah good actor <laughs> yeah he's definitely got that manic uh yes energy down <laughs> so yeah, that like uh, hospitality, that coked up hospitality type uh, energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to the White Lotus season two, and then I am definitely gonna keep watching House of Dragon. I mm-hmm. like that show. The first couple of episodes where they come out with. Yep. It's like it reminds me of the things that I liked about Game of Thrones. That first episode was quite triggering. I won't mm-hmm. lie. Though. <laughs> oh yeah, it was pretty very terrible. disturbing. Um, Look, it was it. It was really hitting on that Game of Thrones sensationalism in a few places, right? Because there's obviously, like, the terrible birth scene, death scene, but then also there's the, like, Damon doling out punishment in the most extreme ways. There's the tournament that is, like... What is going on? Okay, let's talk about this tournament, okay? Because this is not spoiler alerts or anything like this. But this this tournament makes no sense to me because it's like, oh, let's get all of the like prestigious families together. Yep, with their heirs, with their heirs, their knighted heirs, and have them kill each other. Like I thought tournaments were so that you don't actually do that. Tournaments is to practice. Like <laughs> it's the theory behind yeah. what you do on the battlefield. Yeah. Nobody's supposed like to get hurt. The Olympics. <laughs> and it's like, but then it's like them sitting there going, oh, these are, you know, basically the Knights of Summer for our era. They don't know what war is like. So they're just going to kill each other now. And I'm like, no, the, the you don't fam- family lines happen. <laughs> Yeah, weird. So, really yeah, weird. when that one, like, guy in the back started throwing up, I was like, I Me get too, it. Bro. What Me is too. going on? Yeah. So it's like all of that happened in one ep- Plus there was, like, the scraping of the pus. And I'm like, Game of Thrones, I didn't need all the tricks. <laughs> like, yeah, I, that's why I feel like the slogan for the House of Dragons, like, everything you loved about Game of Thrones. <laughs> all and was. especially everything you hated plus about dragons, Plus dragons. Plus incest. Plus now with more. <laughs> More dragons. <laughs> now the people are even whiter. Yeah. <laughs> now with more violence. Oh, I do love in the very beginning though when they have the whole like written prologue or prelogue of yes. like, what this is. And then they just black out every they just redact everything else and it just says 172 years before Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> and it was like, thank you for the Cliff's Note surgeon, <laughs> because I was not tracking that math and where I'm supposed to be on this timeline here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was I think very intentionally and yeah. necessarily done. I mean, I think the like the the thing that House of Dragons has a leg up on Game of Thrones maybe is that they did a lot of the sort of context setting in the first few episodes of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and those ones were very hard to get through like expositionally. It was just a lot of introduction to families. Yeah. 
And so I think at least with House of Dragon, you're kind of starting with that context of like, you understand how this works because you kind of see the you're result of it. You're hearing all of the same family names, yeah. you yeah. know, you've got a place. I think even if you're coming new, you're hearing family names repeated enough that mm -hmm. you're starting to like make connections yeah. or like be like, okay, Hightower, Hightower, yeah. they seem like a big deal. I do want to know at what point in this timeline did they lose the little donuts and little ball things when they have the high council meetings mm -hmm. and they're like, a present, and then they check in with their little ball. What? When did they What is that? happening? When did they what is this ceremony? <laughs> what does this ritual signify? Like, you get a special ball when you get onto the council. They're time cards. And only that, yeah. It's like, I'm at, at RSCP, yes. Yeah. Like, um, I like, have no idea. Is it special? Where is it like an ID of some sort where you're like, look at my ball, man. I'm the, you know, hand of the king or I'm the. <laughs> I, li I don't know. This it's is like a whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know where they lost those little marble ball things. Yeah, I will see how far we go through. <laughs> I don't know how far the show is planning to span in the 172 year time period, yeah. right? Um, because even between episodes one and two, we jump six months. Right. So, and there's going to be some time, time hops. Yeah. yeah. Because we get like a whole older cast. Right. Yeah. So to me, that was interesting to say like 172. So I'm like, where are you going to drop me yeah. in this, um, for the first season? And then, then how many seasons? Like, are we going all the way? Are We're we going to go all the way back up? Yeah. It's going to be like Star Wars. And then you can the, just where the watch. the ending of Rogue One goes right into the beginning. That's exactly. You just watch the end of yeah. House of Dragon. You go right into Game of Thrones. You'll get another offshoot. But you know what, though? If you can elegantly write that, that is the way it has to be done. Yeah. Because any other way than that is not satisfying. And we can get into Lightyear in another conversation. But just so many missed opportunities with that movie. Quite upsetting to me. Uh, I just feel like when you have such rich canon to tie into, you have, you, it's like missed opportunity if you don't do it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, yeah, understand your upset. It's going to be 172 episodes of House of Dragon. Okay, and let's do it. It's going to be, yeah, and then yeah. at the end of that one, that's a lot. It's, the, it's the birth of Daenerys. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. and then we're and there. Then, and then we're back on the loop. <laughs> we're back up to a Viserys and <laughs> with a Daenerys. Yeah, all right, well... We talked about TV a lot. We did. There's a lot of TV coming up that we're going to have to be talking about. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe we'll save that for another time. But uh, should we close it out with a EMD, six degrees of EMDB? This is the problem with me doing solo episodes is that I, I don't get to do this challenge. Yeah. So, so let, yeah. So let's wrap up this conversation. And uh, what do we want to connect? I don't know. You throw something at me. Throw some <gasps> actors or some shows at me. Um... I might be a little bit rusty here, but then again, my brain always works this way. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, let's see. Well, since you really loved physical, mm -hmm. let's link physical to something. Okay. Um, let's link it maybe to something vampire related, since mm. that's where we are going to go next okay. with our conversation. Let's see. Okay. So, so physical. 
Okay, something vampire related. Yeah, so I guess I need to, if we're saying let's link physical to um, TV-wise, do we want to go with what we do in the shadows? Sure. Okay. Try it. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Who's in physical? Rose Byrne. Mm-hmm. And then you got the guy who plays... Uh, I don't even remember what his name is on, uh, but like her, uh, I don't want to spoil any of the show either. This is the hard part. The guy who owns the mall. Uh huh. The, the Mormon. Well, the I Mormon don't know. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mormon. Okay. Mormon. Mormon guy. Um, so you got him. Mm-hmm. What other recognizable actors? You have the husband of the woman from my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. yes. I don't know his name as an actor. Um, this is all just like facial recognition, but I have no clue what these people's names are. Uh, so let's see. And then we're trying to connect it to what we do in the shadows. Yeah. So what we do in the shadows, you got the guy who plays Colin. Colin is also on The Office from The Warehouse. Oh, man. <laughs> I am just start, restarting The Office, okay. actually. That is one of those things where when you watch it live as it was running, you're like, man, it really drops off a cliff mm-hmm. as far as quality, especially after Steve Carell leaves. But then when you rewatch it, you're like, nah, that was just really like a two-episode lull, and then it got really good again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but at the it time, was... it seemed like it was pretty... Maybe they had a writer strike or something in there, too, I think. I think that was the first time, really, we were confronted with, like, a, that big of, like, a cast shift up mm, within... Like, main... Yeah, yeah like, you're... Yeah. The guy that kind of made The From Office... episode one. ...is now <laughs> yeah. not on The Office, but The Office is still, still going. going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's see. So that guy who plays Colin mm-hmm. was on The Office. So then, if we go back to physical, the guy who plays the Mormon mall owner was also in House of Cards... Mm, he would be. <laughs> oh, he, he just makes you feel so dirty. He was also in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, another one I haven't watched. And let's see. So who was in these shows then? Where are we? In the- <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay, what we do in the shadows. And we said... You Colin said Colin Robinson. To the office. So we need to connect the office to... What were the two? Boardwalk Empire, Boardwalk Empire, or, or House, of House of Cards, or something else with, or Rose something Byrne. else that gets us there. Yeah, Rose Byrne was also in Damages with Glenn Close. Oh yeah, and Ted Danson mm-hmm. and John Goodman. Oh my mm. god, and Tate Donovan. Whoa, and uh, the guy who plays Danny from uh, the Mindy Show. Oh that yeah, was, what is, that, what what is that his name? I don't think I ever finished the Mindy Project. Mindy Project. Yeah. Mindy Show. Mindy Project. I didn't either. Um, okay. So let's see. So who we got there? I didn't get any connection to... The Office. Mm-hmm. Kathy Bates is on The Office. James Spader. Mm. Hmm. James Spader, his character on The Office, it's like... When you watch it live, you're just like, this is terrible. And then when you watch it again, you're like, this is great. 
Because <laughs> it's just James Spader. What you're saying is you got to give the office a second chance. Many more chances. Yeah. Many more chances. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I feel like I'm hitting walls now. Yeah, I've kind of just checked out. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I think the... it's hard to go from the office to something just because unless you're talking main cast, mm-hmm. those people are so well known for the... For just that, that role, yeah, that. right? Maybe, yeah. like, look, uh, Rain John Wilson. Krasinski has been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, John Krasinski has been in a lot of stuff. Rain Wilson has also been in a lot of stuff, actually. Yeah, like, what is? what have I seen him in recently? Recently, he was in Dark Winds. Okay. And then he was in Utop- Utopia, I think, no. the sci-fi show. Yeah, no. Um, let's see. I feel like there's something I'm remembering him from. Rose but, like... Burn. I think most of what I'm connecting John Krasinski through is like uh, movies. Movies, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Rain Wilson has been in more TV shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could just even say Steve Carell. Yeah. Steve Carell been in Space Force. Oh, that was so good. Space Force. There's some comedy, yeah. With, uh, okay, you got John Malkovich. Yeah. Is John Malkovich in Damages? (laughs) I'm like, hasn't John Malkovich been in something with Rose Byrne? That seems like like that had to have happened. Have you seen Being John Malkovich? Yes. Oh my God. I need to rewatch it, honestly. It's been a very long time. So good. Okay, Rose Byrne has been in Damages with John Goodman. John Goodman was in Community with, he was in Community. Lots of people. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, with Alison Brie. Yeah. Alison Brie was in that five, five, year engagement that movie mm. with emily blunt emily blunt was in a quiet place with john krasinski mm-hmm. who was in the office with the guy who plays baby colin on what we do in the shadows okay so that's it that was a long one though that was a long rose burn john goodman john goodman to allison brie yes to Emily Blunt, to John Krasinski. Yeah. To the actor who I should know his name. <laughs> Colin Robinson. From Colin Robinson. <laughs> I only Baby hear Colin. his name and Matt Berry's voice as Colin Robinson. Uh, like his most unlikely is to father. A father figures. That I would expect. Oh, such so. a good, such a good uh, relationship to write. <laughs> yes. All right, well, so, I did it. You did it. Yeah. It hmm. can be done. It can be done. Maybe I'll get a little bit quicker about it if I do more of these again. I mean, it had been a while. It's like riding so a bike. you got to stretch that yeah. muscle. Yeah. So. <laughs> Always stretch. Yes. Don't skip the warm-up. My girls never skip the warm-up, Lori. Listen, as, as a zenial, the warm-up never and cool-down warm are yeah. very important. Like I said, woman shocked to discover that yeah. doing absolutely nothing different has not yielded results. 
Yes. Yeah. Always stretch and drink lots of water. And mm-hmm. that's it for this week's episode. The life advice. Yeah. All right. So bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to EMDB TV. Check us out on social media at EMDB TV and at www.emdbtv.com.